All right, have you thought much, have you ever thought much about kingdom leadership and, uh, you know, what kingdom leadership is and what it's all about, and even if you are supposed to be a kingdom leader, because maybe even the idea of kingdom leadership coming up and am I supposed to be a kingdom leader and everything, you're like, I'm not the guy on stage, I'm not staff, I'm not elder, like, I, I, I'm, I'm in a seat, so I'm not supposed to have kingdom leadership, and, 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 but I, I'm actually here... If you're part of the kingdom, God wants you in kingdom leadership. In, in fact, you already are, whether you know it or not or like it or not, you already are, because God wants you to lead at least one person, at least one person. And maybe for some of you, some of you might be like, you know what, I've been out of church for a while exactly because of this thing. Some people that, that, that said that they were kingdom leaders, I'm not quite so sure really are. And so what is kingdom leadership? That's what we're taking a look at today at old school number, I think we're actually number six now of uh, kingdom leadership. God built this into his people from the very beginning. And where we left off Israel last week, 74, 75 guys went up the mountain and God had a, had a feast prepared for them uh, at a grand table. And when they got done with the feast, all but one went back down the mountain. Moses stayed up on the mountain and God began to give him the blueprint for what was to be the tabernacle, the actual, the, 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 the place, the building that was going to house God's presence. And that was where they were going to, going to worship God. There's going to be no idols. Everything they made was not going to be an idol. Everything they made was going to be a tool for worshiping God. And so Moses spent 40 days up on that mountain having a pretty massive quiet time. But meanwhile, back down the mountain, the people got restless. The people got restless. They didn't know where Moses was or what happened to him. And so they went up to Aaron and, and, and they said, hey, Aaron, your brother, Moses, hey, we don't know what happened to him. So why don't you, why don't you lead us Make an idol for us, representing God, and uh, just, uh, why don't you just finish the journey? Aaron thought, ah, it's a pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. That'd be kind of like, that'd be kind of like, I took a, a teaching sabbatical this, this summer, but, but that'd be kind of like uh, me taking a full sabbatical. Maybe about a week longer than you expected, and you know, some of you go up to Phil and Paul and say, we don't know what happened to the Shane guy. Why don't you lead us, you know, make us an idol representing God. It's kind of strange to us, but make an idol representing God. And, and, you know, Paul especially would be like, hey, I could have done it better than that guy anyway. So this is a good idea. It's a good idea, you know. <laughs> amen out of that one. Nobody ever says amen until then, right? And so this is what happens when the people in Aaron take over leadership. Aaron saw how excited the people were about him making an idol. So he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, tomorrow we'll have a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. Now, some of you are like, I am only here because last week you promised us a drunken worship orgy. 
Where is this? Well, that last, indulged in pagan revelry, uh, pretty much every other translation translates that they got up and pl- to play. Now, most commentators agree with this one commentator. The verb translated play suggests sex play in Hebrew. And therefore, we are probably to understand drunken orgies. So here we go. The next week, Phil and Paul have got their minds together and they have created an idol. You guys come in and you're so excited about this idol, you just start jumping around and yelling and taking your clothes off, open up the smearing off, tilt it back, and you just start having sex with everybody. Now, instead of 60 people, we've got a million to two. This is the scene we've got going on in Israel. They have just received the Ten Commandments, and out of Ten Commandments, they've broken about 11. So meanwhile, back up the mountain, God's seeing this. And, it, and, 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 and then he goes, he tells Moses, this is kind of like the you know, mother to the father, this child of yours, this nation that you led out of Egypt... Moses is like, wait a minute, didn't you have something to do with this? Like, what's going on here? And this is what it says about God here. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them, and I will destroy them. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation. So God gets up from the table. He's got a couple of uh, flames of fire in his hands. His, his, his anger is burning hot. Pimples off in the distance going, fireball. You know, and and he's, he's there getting ready just to throw fire down on all the people. I'm going to get rid of them all. And Moses... I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to start over with you. Instead of people singing the song, Father Abraham had many sons, it's going to be Father Moses had many sons. What was Moses' response? Not, hmm, that sounds pretty good, actually. No, Moses' response was, you can't do that for two reasons. For two reasons. One, all the nations around us, all the nations around us will will, will look at you and say, hey, you led them out of Egypt only to kill them. That's going to look bad on you. And then second of all, second of all, what about the promises you made to to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? You're going to break your promise to them. And God relents. says, okay, Maybe I won't. And some people actually, they have a hard time seeing God in this way. I say, wait a minute, what's God doing changing his mind? Well, a couple of things. Number one, sometimes God shows up in such a way that to, to, to help us understand. But second of all, I think that he is testing Moses' leadership skills. Moses' kingdom leadership skills. And he says, okay, I'm not going to do this. And Moses is like, let me go down. Let me take care of this. So Moses goes down the mountain. And as he and his little, little intern, jo- uh, Joshua, is heading down the, down the mountain, Joshua is like, there's a, noise. There's, a, there's a noise of music coming from the camp. It kind of sounds like war. Moses is like, it's not war. Joshua's like, then Moses, what is it? Moses is like, 
I ain't going to tell you. You can ask your parents what this is. I ain't going to tell you what this is if you don't already know. But as he gets down the mountain, Moses, and it says his anger was burning hot. And as he got down the mountain and got into the camp, he, he, he took the, the, the two tablets of stone, which had the entire covenant, not just the Ten Commandments, but the entire covenant of God, and he smashed it on the ground as representation of what they were doing to the covenant that God had just made with them. And he, and he smashed the golden calf, and he ground it up, and he put it in their drinking water, and he forced them to drink it. And then he confronts Aaron, and he, and, he, and he says in Exodus 32, finally he turned to Aaron and demanded, what did these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't get so upset, my Lord. Hey, 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 ha, cool your jets, jets, big M. Come on now, what's the big deal? You yourself know how evil these people are. You see what he's doing? It's passing blame. It's a people. They said to me, make gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. Oh, kind of an underhanded passing blame to Moses. If you hadn't had such a good quiet time up the mountain, maybe we wouldn't have been, had to do this. Who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. When they brought it to me, I simply threw it into the fire and out came this calf. That's one thing to pass blame. It's another thing to flat out lie, right? It said, it, it said that Moses or Aaron fashioned the golden calf. Now, yesterday, yesterday uh, someone was talking to me and they said, they said, yeah, I got on my phone to check the radar and, and, and Facebook just opened up. Anybody been there? You know, got on your phone to check something and Facebook just automatically opened up? You know, opened. This is like what, what Aaron is doing. I don't know what happened. The calf just came out of the fire. Moses saw that Aaron had let the people get completely out of control to much, amusement, much to the amusement of their enemies. And then what Moses did next was um, he, he, he called out. He said, whoever's for the Lord, come to me. And so a lot of the priests came to him. He started handing out swords. And he told them, go through, through the camp. Just start swinging the thing. Whatever happens, happens. And 3,000 people died that day. And a lot of people have a difficult time with the Bible because of this story. You're like, man, this is harsh. But Moses, something had to happen. Remember, this is a ragtag bunch of slaves coming up from Egypt to what we now know of as Israel. However, at that point in time, it wasn't Israel. And there, were not, uh, there was not a fence around the border that says, do not occupy until the Israelites come back. This land was occupied. And the rumor started filtering out among the nations around saying this ragtag bunch of slaves is going to come up and, and, and the rumor is, is that they're going to destroy us in order to take over this land. And these are wicked, evil, nasty, bad, ruthless people. All these nations around. 
And so now it said they had lost control to the amusement of the nations around. That's not just that they were laughing at them. That was that they they were taking up arms, getting ready to come destroy this, this group of people so that they didn't take over this land. The very future of Israel was at stake here. And Moses was saying, we've got to get control or else we are going to be destroyed. Parents, you ever had that moment you need to get control? You've kind of gone above and beyond. And we're not talking about heads rolling, but kind of gone above and beyond. My go-to is open palm on the table. Four boys all going nuts. Wham! Try to get everybody to jump, Right? So that order is restored. He was trying to restore order. And then the next morning, what's next, right? What's next after this story? The guilt and the shame and the embarrassment. The reminder of, 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 of what you've done because you're picking up dead bodies because you guys were so out of control. What's next? Maybe you feel like that in your own life. What's next? I'm in a place where I'm out of control. Found out this, not me, just potentially, hypothetically. What if you found your name on Ashley Madison? What's next? What if you have porn addiction? What's next? What if you have a gossip and lying addiction? What's next? What if you have sex addiction? What if you have a relationship addiction that, that, that leads to you doing whatever with whomever in order for them to, to love you? What's next? What if you have an identity addiction so much that you're just are willing to do whatever to your body in order to have an identity. What's next? The next day Moses said to his people, You have committed a terrible sin, but I will go back up to the Lord on this mountain, on the mountain. Perhaps I will be able to obtain forgiveness for your sin. Now other translations say, Perhaps I will be able to atone for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, What a terrible sin these people have committed. They have made gods of gold for themselves. This is the root of the issue. Not not everything else that they were doing. The root of the issue always is that we have made gods out of things that are not gods. But now, if you will only forgive their sin, but if you cannot forgive them, erase my name from the record you have written. Moses was up the mountain having a time with God. He had nothing to do with their personal responsibility in this sin. However, however, the atonement is taking personal responsibility for something that is not your personal responsibility. And this is what Moses did. He stood in the gap and said, if you cannot forgive them, kill me instead. Kill me instead. Here we've got a case study in leadership versus kingdom leadership. A case study to show us what leadership looks like and what kingdom leadership looks like. Leadership. Seeking fame. 
That's what Aaron did. Hey, you be our leader. All right. It's about time. Kingdom leadership seeks mission. Seeks mission. Moses, I'm going to kill them all and make you the father of the nation. No, God, you can't do this. You've got a mission that you've already started. Kingdom leaders seek mission, not seek fame. Leadership, no accountability. I'm not going to hold myself accountable. I'm not going to hold you accountable. Kingdom leadership, accountability. I'm going to hold myself and all of us accountable. Leadership passes blame. That's those people's fault. Kingdom leadership atones. God, if you can't forgive them, kill me instead. Kill me instead. Will we be an Aaron or will we be a Moses? Guess what? Guess what? Marketplace, on the marketplace, this all works too. A guy by the name of Jim Collins calls this a level five leader. Those of you that have read Good to Great. He's not a Christian. And he's done study, research, and found that leadership, great leadership, no matter where at, has these qualities. But how much more inside the kingdom do we need to have the qualities of seeking mission, accountability, an atonement. Because see, the thing is, is that kingdom leaders know something else about atonement. Know something else about atonement. The only, the only way to find God's presence is through atonement. See, this is what Moses was understanding and getting. See, two weeks ago, we talked about, we talked about God saying, wash your clothes. Last week, we talked about the, the blood of the Lamb, right? And Moses was putting all of this together and understanding that the only way to be able to have direct access to God, the only way to have a God feast, the only way to have a personal relationship with God is not by being perfect, is not by following the Ten Commandments perfectly, but it is through the atonement of our lives. That something's got to stand in the gap. Moses got this. And he told God, don't kill them, but kill me instead. And God was preparing us in the Old Testament. For who? Sunday school answer, right? Jesus. He is the atonement. He is the one that took personal responsibility for our personal responsibility of sin. What next in anything that you're facing? Repentance. God, wash me in your blood. Wash me in your blood. Please. Because I want a relationship with with you. It's the only way to heal marriages. It's the only way to heal lives. It's the only way to heal identity. It is the only way to heal. It's through atonement. Because kingdom leaders that know 
Direct access to God is the, is the, is the only thing that matters. Know something else about direct access to God. When Moses came down Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. Do we want a life that shines? Do we want a life that shines? Because the only way to have a life that shines is to have a direct personal relationship with God and the only way to have that is through the atonement the blood of the Lamb. Because kingdom leaders know one last thing, one last comparison. We can either look good or we can have a life that shines. We can either look good or we can shine bright. See? Seeking fame no accountability, passing blame, that's all about looking good, right? Am I looking good? Seeking mission, accountability, atonement is all about shining bright because we know we can't look good on our own. We've got to have God infuse our life with something else. And this is not an old school principle. This is a new school principle. Paul says it this way. The old way, 2 Corinthians 3, 7. The old way, which with laws etched in stone led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. He is tapping into this story. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way? Now that the Holy Spirit is giving us life, now that we have the Holy Spirit, shouldn't we expect a far greater glory than the glory that Moses got when his face shone? Paul is challenging the Corinthians to live in a daily presence of God so that their life will shine because they have been with Jesus. That's the same exact thing that God wants for all of us today is for our lives to shine because we've been with Jesus. This isn't pray a prayer and you're good. This is a daily connection with God. And if you've never asked God to forgive you of your sins, for the atonement, I challenge you. Ask God for the forgiveness. There's going to be people around that have just simply already done that and they want the same thing for you. They want the same thing for you to have your life cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. For the rest of you, that salvation isn't on the table, but just this ongoing relationship with God, start your prayer work this week. God, what does it look like to have a light that shines? What does it look like to have a, have a, have a life that shines? because I'm close to you and I'm in your presence. What does that look like? Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we, we thank you that you offer us, you, you offer us to, 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 to shine our life. That we don't, even, we don't have to be perfect. You took care of that for us. All we need to have is atonement. Put in our hearts a desire to daily connect and communicate and feast with you. Thank you. We love you. It's in the name of your prayer. Amen.